The following podcast is rated 18 plus for mature themes. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of The Roundtable, an 18 plus podcast talking about the culture and history of the fat fur and inflation fur communities. I'm your host with the most, a nerd with the word, Loco K.O. Welcome to the show. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 3. I'm uh, I'm surprised that people have been staying this long, honestly. But whether or not we stay here is a different question for a different day because I have certain things I want to address. Namely, I have a guest with me today. This is the first of a series of things where I'm going to be interviewing some guests and their work throughout uh, being connected with fat furs, inflation furs, etc. Um, and just kind of see what they have to say about the community. So without further ado... Why don't I go ahead and switch over and allow our guest of the, I guess, the evening to introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Haradoshan. You might have seen me. I'm the big purple and orange alien. Um, I've been uh, in the community since 2007, so long time. <laughs> I see. Um, and what is it like you typically do? Like, is there... A specific focus you have around that art yes yes so i actually i don't do inflation um i just do weight gain so that's my specialty that's what people come to me for uh weight gain in more of like a realistic sense so i'm all about cellulite stretch marks veins uh blemishes all that good stuff that's the kind of stuff that i try to incorporate in my art so make it more interesting um and i've kind of carved out a little bit of a niche in the fat fur community in that that's what I specialize in. So that's actually what people seek me out for. Yeah, you have a, uh, <laughs> I had promoted your stuff last episode without realizing I was going to like have you on the show. And I <laughs> described your stuff as mostly bottom heavy blob content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, that would definitely be what I would describe myself as. I mean, not necessarily always bottom heavy, but um, I mean, I just love anything that makes it look like a stack of pancakes. Uh, that's I valid. Do. <laughs> so yeah, that's th that's what I do. Th that's that's good. Um, so what would you say is your history with making fat for content? Oh man, so I actually have been making fat for content um, since 2007 is when I started posting to Fur Affinity, and back then that was pretty much the only place that you could really post that kind of content uh because like tumblr wasn't around twitter was eh, it might have been around but like it didn't really have a community on it so fur affinity was where i kind of first started um but i've actually been drawing this kind of content since i was a kid honestly like i didn't realize at the time cool. obviously i was a kid i didn't realize what I was drawing really but you know when you watch kids cartoons there's always like an inflation or a weight gain episode yeah and yeah i had just <laughs> discussed that like a uh, last episode uh we went through a few different accounts that were uh dedicated to weight gain and inflation uh in cartoons and there's a lot of that stuff from like the 70s up to the early 2000s mm -hmm. yeah the one that i distinctly remember 
Uh, it was the Timon and Pumbaa show. It was a spinoff show from Lion King. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was a blue aardvark. That's all I remember. And then it wanted to eat bugs. That was what, that was like something that I don't know, drove child me crazy. So mm-hmm. I had to draw him and I drew a bunch of other content like that. And I didn't really realize it was like, a, it was, a, you know, I was, I was a kid. I didn't realize it was fetish. But as I got mm-hmm. older, I was like, oh, so that's what that is. I got you. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, would you say that's what first got you into this content? Or was there a different area that you thought, like, yeah, I want to create this? Um, I mean, I think that when I was a kid, I wasn't really thinking about creating content. Um, but I was just kind of drawing it because it pleased me. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I continued drawing it. But I was, like, I was really obviously, like, afraid that someone would find it and, and be like, what is this? So I would I would draw it and then I would either like rip the paper up or I would hide it underneath my bed in like a uh, storage bin. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea where any of that art ever went to. So at some <laughs> point, my parents probably took it and threw it away, not realizing what it was. But uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely I definitely was a, a devious little child uh, and, <laughs> and definitely like explored that kind of stuff fairly early on. Just because, like, you know, it made me feel good. So, like, why not? Yeah, I, it it was in private. Uh, it was a lot of your personal expression. I see no issue yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm kind of the same where uh, I didn't draw any of that kind of stuff. But whenever I was, like, 13, 14, 15, I drew mm-hmm. my own little OCs for, like, uh, online roleplay communities. And then I, I oh, look back gosh, on yeah. some of it. I'm like... Oh god, that was terrible. I'm gonna throw that one away. I'll save that one, but I'm throw that one away. Oh yeah, no. Uh, like the the advent of online communities was definitely like a huge thing. So, yeah, when I was a kid, it was like I was uh looking up fan fiction on uh like someone's uh someone's uh what's it called? Angel Fire website kind of stuff. Like that was the nineties and the early two thousands for me. So mm-hmm. having a community like actually having an active community where you can like talk about this stuff and like have people appreciate your artwork in real time, like especially on places like Twitter, or I guess X, formerly Twitter. Um, and for no, no one calls it that anymore. Know, Nobody calls it that. I know. I'm going to. I'm going to continue to dead name uh, Twitter. Um, but it, it's just it's fascinating seeing this kind of stuff develop in real time because. You know, when I was a kid and when I was first posting for Affinity and places like that, it's like people hosted their own sites. Um, they had, mm-hmm. you know, their own sites that they hosted their own artwork on or maybe some artwork from other people. And that's also something that I I distinctly remember was finding people's websites that they had dedicated to fat fur mm. and just fat stuff in, in, in general, not necessarily furry stuff. Um, yeah. And having, you know, and just discovering it and being like, what the hell is this? I'm interested. <laughs> So, yeah. and, you know, and that kind of stuff was hard to find, you know, everybody it, nowadays it really like, coming is. in. Yeah. Everybody yeah. coming in now, it's like, it's so easy to find this content now. But like back when I was well, yeah. a kid, younger, oh my God, it was so hard to find. I think it may just be because like there's more dedicated communities that all flock to one website where you can just type in the words. Whereas yeah. it's so hard to find certain content if you're looking on obscure website like trying to find websites dedicated to it well yeah you have to find the website first and you know who knows with like early early you know google and stuff like that it was nowhere near as fine-tuned as it is now 
So okay. finding that kind of stuff was like needle in a haystack. So, you know, I'm lucky I found it. I was like, yes, this rules. But, you know, there is a good a distinct chance that I hadn't yeah. have found it and I would have discovered mm. it later. I wonder if part of it, like uh, the advancement of it is due to like freebooters and uh, thieves who like put it in like video compilations like <laughs> on YouTube at like 144p. I mean, that was definitely a thing, but, like, that was not necessarily, even, even like, when I was a kid and when I was, like, a young adult, like, that was not really a thing. Like, yeah. YouTube YouTube was still coming up. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, I would watch AMVs on YouTube, but I didn't even know that, that YouTubers, like, people would take art and, like, put it in compilations until much, much later. But Her yeah. Affinity was started as a fat for a website. Yeah. You know? I, uh, so, I think when I looked at it, um... Alcora was one of the people who had started for Affinity, and they were big mm -hmm. on inflation. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually, I don't think it was ever meant to be strictly fat first stuff, or inflation stuff, but it was definitely started by a bunch of people with that kind of idea in mind of what they liked. So, mm -hmm. you know, like Dragoneer and people like that, you know, notwithstanding any opinions on them, because I know obviously people have strong yeah. opinions on those people, but... You know, they started yeah. it and like that's the kind of stuff that they were into. Like I remember when yeah. I was uh first starting out, Dragonier commissioned me multiple times. Oh. So, you know, he can he found me out and commissioned me. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, Wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, back when I was eighteen, nineteen. But <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's I mean, definitely how Furbing started. Yeah. As much as like you we could criticize some of the people who are in charge, it is still kind of an interesting point of honor history that you get like acknowledged mm -hmm. by those people like when they follow you oh yeah no definitely you know it's it's one of those things where i mean semi-recently i had a pyrocynical follow me on twitter uh -huh. and i was like what nice. the hell you know and it's like he you know now now he's like out about you know what he likes oh, yeah. and stuff like that but like back when i i think i was actually one of the first people to when he commissioned me i was one of the first people to just be like oh yeah this was by pyrocynical like, yeah. I, didn't, I think i, I may have seen name. that image yeah i didn't hide his name or anything because like he didn't tell me to he didn't tell me like hey you know keep it hush hush or whatever so i was like hey yeah. this is by pirate this was commissioned by pyrocynical and i i think that that just kind of like broke open the floodgates of him just being yeah. like well fuck it i'm gonna i'm just gonna like let people know that this is what i'm into yeah and now his current partner is just big on drawing that Oh yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what his partner does. Is just does like constant like pepper and weight gain stuff. Yeah. So I I guess I should say, um, unless you think we kind of already answered it, do you think there was any point that like while you were going through making this and like people like you're making the content to send other people, let's say, do you think there was any part that you were just like, yeah, I want this to be a, a big part of my life? Um, I think when COVID hit, um, I was working. Actually, I did uh, eight years as a professional cheese specialist. <laughs> That's my cheese that was my specialist. That was my previous job. Um, oh. So I did that for eight years. But during COVID, uh, like literally, I turned thirty, uh, March twenty twenty, and like literally that same day, my boss called me and was like, "Don't come in anymore. Like you're basically you're basically being let go for the time being oh, no. because of COVID." You know. So I was like, "Okay, now I'm thirty years old." I was just like laying in bed and I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? Um, so I basically just completely pivoted and just have been doing since then have been doing basically freelance art, you know, fat fur fetish stuff full time, basically, you know, to, to mm -hmm. keep 
to keep uh, bills paid and mortgage yes. paid and stuff like that. So like that's basically what I've been doing full time. So I think the development of being like, oh, I want this to be a big part of my life. I think kind of developed slowly in that time period because before mm -hmm. then I was working full time and like I would do this kind of stuff like on the weekends, but it wasn't really, you know, I would do commissions and stuff, but you know, it wasn't really something that I was dedicating a huge amount of time to, despite how prolific I am. Uh, I wasn't mm -hmm. dedicating a huge amount of time to it. But then when COVID rolled around and I lost my job, I was like, well, I might as well just, you know, throw my hat in and do this full time for a while and see how I like it. And that's mm -hmm. really opened up a huge opportunities for me because I've met so many cool people. You know, I've I've taken the time to actually, you know, go to cons, vend at conventions. Um, yeah. You know, so like I go to MFF and Anthrocon because those are relatively close to me and. I'm going to be going out to A&E this, or I guess early next year. I'm, I also applied for a week in Atlanta. Like these are things I would have never thought of doing because yes. I always, when I sold my art, I always sold like very general, like furry and non-furry art. I never sold like fetish content because I was like, mm -hmm. oh man, what if someone like walks up to me and like tells me I'm gross or something like that? <laughs> and that was like, yeah, it was one of my fears uh yeah, I mean, like you, you know unfounded it. yeah unfounded but like it was yeah. one of my fears that, like someone would find it and be like oh my god this person xyz is doing this but like yeah, the more some... Go ahead. i was just gonna say like at some point you you're just like you know what fuck it if people figure out they'll just be like because yeah. i've mentioned some of this stuff slightly to people in my real life and it's like mm -hmm. oh that's cool like they don't really care that much yeah yeah and it's like you know they they don't because of shit you know, yeah. I think, and I think especially like with with what happened in twenty twenty with COVID, I think a lot of people have relaxed in terms of you know just you know providing that kind of content and just being like fuck it. If people find out about it, like if people find out about it, and you know, I've always been very sensitive in terms of you know figuring out like where I belong in the system, and. I also have always separated my stuff. So like I have Horrid Ocean, which is like, that's the fetish account. But I also have another account that's completely not fetish uh, mm -hmm. that I go under a different handle. And mm -hmm. uh, like recently, I've been happy and brave enough to combine the two on the same table when I vend. And mm -hmm. there's been no issue. And like people are like, oh, are you the same person? I'm like, yeah, one's fetish and one's not fetish. So, yeah. you know, and I've I've done better at these conventions now that like i've kind of just incorporated it into like this is part of my life this is what i do i have fun gotcha. so you know yeah, I, yeah. I i have loads of fun yeah and you know i'll leave it up to you at the end if you wish to mention those accounts but we don't need to at the moment i guess mm -hmm. a better question is what would you say kind of defines fat fur to you um defines fat fur i mean i think community is a huge thing with fat fur um i've met some of the nicest people ever in fat fur community people who are willing to go out of their way to help you um, i mean that's kind of like the furry community in general though i think that uh when it first started i think the furry community was very very white and very like straight male and mm -hmm now it's gotten to the point where it's just you know it's where a lot of queer people flock it's where a lot yes. of you know disabled people flock you know it's it's a safe haven for people to express themselves in the way that they want and yeah. i think that 
you know, as a microcosm, you know, fat furry is like a smaller, a smaller subset of the general furry. But I think that that's just as important in the fat fur space that people express who they want to be. And, you know, it might just be on the internet, but like, you know, if they want to be a, a fat vixen, you know, a belly dancer, I don't know. I will take yeah. you at face value and be like, yes, you are a fat fucks uh, belly dancer. You know, it's like, I have no reason to be like, to question them. I have no reason to be like, I don't think that's actually what you are. I'm like, yes, that is what you are. I take you at face value. And I think that's really, really important in the fat fur community, yeah. especially. It's either expression or fantasy or something like that. Yeah, expression, fantasy. And I mean, you know, could be both, you yeah, know, like especially totally. people who, you know, um, you know, a lot of trans people kind of live oh, totally. their truth. Yeah, live their truth through their their persona and, uh, you know, live their truth in terms of, you know, body positivity as well. Yeah, uh, my past partner, uh, we recently parted ways because we were just, wasn't anything bad. It was just we kind of drifted. Um, mm -hmm. They're AMAB and they have used a character plenty of times who is female. So mm -hmm. it's just an expression of who they are. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, so, it's just something important to them. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to, despite what we have up to continue asking, I'm throwing a curveball at you. Sure. I did not put this on your list of questions I was going to ask you. This was a, uh, a little choose debate. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you uh, a series of jokey little questions. And I want to see okay. what you have to respond with. Sure. So... The first one, soup or salad? Soup. Ooh, do tell why. I mean, salad is nice if you're hot, like if it's hot weather, you know, and you want something just kind of simple and easy and light. But man, soup fucking rules. There's so many different mm. kinds of soup. Soup just awesome. I would get a soup tattoo. <laughs> nice. It's just, it's just good. It's just good. Soup is good. You know what you know what you need to do next time that you're drawing your character? Mm. Hide like a tiny soup bowl somewhere on the image. <laughs> like, I'd make it like one of those uh, hide and seek Among Us things. Oh my god. I mean, it, it's like, I think people poo poo soup as being like, you know, what, not like peasant food, but being like simplistic. And I'm like, man, mm -hmm. like, you ever sat down on a cold day with a good bowl of pho or like, you know, like, broccoli cheddar soup it just it warms the soul in a way that yeah. salad can't even try you don't know the quality of life until it's it's snowing outside and you're eating chicken and dumplings exactly or like you know chicken paprikash soup or you know yeah. there's oh endless kinds of soup where it's like salad it's like okay you pick you get your caesar you got your house you got uh, a wedge i guess it's just like, you know, I could count on, like, my fingers how many salads there really are. But, like, soup's endless. Gotcha. Gotcha. Then uh, I have a different <laughs> different questions. <laughs> Lion or tiger, which would win in a fight? Oh, man. Um, aren't tigers bigger? I think they're about the same size. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would say tiger just because... I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like in my head for some reason, maybe it's like some like National Geographic shadows pass. I feel like tigers are bigger. But regardless, mm -hmm. I feel like tigers are much more like vicious. 
in my head. Gotcha. I don't know. Probably not true, probably not correct, but I'm going to go with Tiger. Gotcha. Then the last question I have here, uh, when it comes to cereal, which comes first, milk or the cereal? Um, I have done both, actually. It depends oh. on what I grab first. Um, uh -huh. When I was a kid, I would do cereal first, then milk. But sometimes if you pour milk first, the cereal floats on top and then it doesn't get as soggy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a different style. I, someone has asked me that question before, and I just completely stunned them by saying bowl. I mean, yeah, bowl first, if, unless you want to pour it into like your open waiting hands. <laughs> just like, please, uh, and just like, just pouring like it, all just the pouring milk it into out. your hands. Yep, yep. But yep, yeah, I think, I, I think I bowl, yeah, bowl is smart. Bowl, bowl is like definitely one of those like uh write out every step of making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then the person like follows it literally and like messes up kind of thing because like you know team exercises that people do directions confusing got stuck in the ceiling <laughs> yep got stuck in the ceiling fan all right so back to the questions at hand mm -hmm. what or who just kind of whatever you would say inspires you most nowadays um, I mean, there's just so many artists now. Like, I feel like every single day I log on and there's a different artist, like, that's big or getting big or, you know, is just starting out. And I'm like, wow, wow, their stuff is so good. And as long as they're not a minor, because, like, people hide their age all the time and it sucks. Uh, yes. I'm, like, super excited just to see more people joining the community and putting their work out there. And I think that's I super, super inspiring. See? Uh, it's nice that people are... I, I guess both as a sense of, like, there's more content to engage with, but also the fact there are now more and more creative projects that people are creating. Like, mm -hmm. there's an... Uh, I'm surprised uh, that there's an entire website dedicated to video games for this stuff. That's interesting mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, like, the fact that people are making their own, like, fat for... Uh, video games and stuff like that or just incorporating fat for content into the video game that's otherwise just like quote unquote normal yeah and then you get people who are like they make mostly or they come from a fat for background but then they like make really big projects that a lot of people see like a uh, fatty dragonite uh luke the fat knight he that whole animation he made uh, uh called horns where uh it got an award mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no i've seen that um, yeah, no, people making projects, like fashion projects especially, I think are super, super important because it's like, you know, it it goes back to that, you know, you're never going to see a AAA company make a fat fur video game. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like As unfortunate as it is, you're correct. I know, but you know that they would screw it up. You know that they would do a terrible job. Well, but regardless. Is, yeah, that's the thing is they probably don't have the people who are like, familiar with that kind of stuff it's like whenever you see uh like animation of animal characters and you can mm -hmm. tell that it was not drawn by a furry oh yeah but i mean there's also like people in the via um vfx community and like the like you know animation and stuff like that they're super horny so like i have no <laughs> doubt that there's an enclave of fat for artists like working for Disney or working for DreamWorks or, you totally. know, it's just like they're out there. It's just, you know, it's not 
something that would necessarily a triple a company would have any interest in and rightfully mm. so because like could you imagine doing like a fetish forward uh like triple a video game i i don't yeah. i don't i don't know if that would I, work. I feel that it's either way too much work or it's gonna be it's gonna start asking questions well, people are like do you want to expose this to my child and i'm like dude mm. You let your child yeah. go on the internet un unsupervised. Don't give me that. You you let your child play Call of Duty without any problems. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> so speaking of projects, uh any major mm -hmm. projects you've worked on or been a part of? Yeah, so I actually currently have a project. Uh it's called Big Beautiful Bodies. Um, it is a um we're starting just doing a PDF right now. So we're not going to be doing like an actual zine, like a physical product. Um, mm. So right now it's just going to be probably all the finalized pictures that people submit are going to be turned into like a zip file and then people can buy it on somewhere like Gumroad. Um, but we basically have, I think we have like 30 plus artists at the moment. Uh, always looking for more. So if you're interested, mm -hmm. shoot me a message. But uh, it is a themed um quote-unquote zine so the theme is favorite food we tried to make it really simple really easy uh and then people draw like their character you know we're, we're trying to keep to ocs right now uh and not necessarily like pokemon or other copyrighted material um but basically your oc enjoying their favorite food uh so mm. super simple premise and then the people who participate all the artists who feel like participating can draw whatever they feel like within that theme submit it and then we're going to package it all up and then we're going to sell it for an amount of money and then what we're planning on doing is if it's popular which we're really hoping it is we can give money back to the participating artists so it's mm -hmm. not going to be like a charity thing uh, although charity you know charity zines are always good i've participated in multiple but you know we want to give money back especially in these kind of times of uncertainty we want the artists to mm -hmm. be rewarded for their work so you know the artists who participate we are hoping to split the the funds evenly and distribute back amongst the artists who participated well i hope things go well with that Me um too. it does kind <laughs> of it does kind of slightly remember that i think some i don't remember what artist did it but there was an artist who um made like a series of fake uh like magazine covers mm -hmm. uh for fat for uh, like as if there was like a fat for um magazine i don't remember what artist did it but i do remember that just sounds familiar to me uh there is actually one of the people who is in that in the project currently they go by woofer um mm -hmm. they do that kind of stuff they do like fake scenes mm -hmm. um uh, fake zine covers so actually i think they're doing one or have already done one for the project gotcha. that we're currently working on so like as i think it's kind of supposed to be like the cover art quote unquote even though it's not going to be a physical zine um gotcha. but you know if this is successful and people are really interested in it then we also we would really love to actually put out a physical product of some yeah. persuasion now, <laughs> imagine if you got some writers on like a, a second version of this project like let's say this project goes well and then mm -hmm. you get some like uh writers or something on it you could make a faux uh, magazine entirely mm -hmm. dedicated entirely dedicated to this yeah my only my only worry with uh this kind of stuff is that people would not necessarily want to have a physical copy because i know a lot mm -hmm. of people are kind of quote unquote in the closet about fat first stuff mm -hmm. so i wasn't sure like that that's why i kind of ixnade on this 
this current project. I ixnade mm -hmm. the physical copy for now just because, you know, that costs a lot of money and there's no guarantee that it would be popular. So mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of test the waters and see, all right, what do we what do we think about this mm -hmm. as a as a project and like how popular is it? And then if it's super popular and people like really want it, then you know, we would definitely consider doing a physical uh, piece later on the line because yeah. there's fetish there's fetish stuff like um hard blush <laughs> yeah. has done there's... multiple go ahead no i was saying hard blush has done multiple uh magazine like uh zine put outs and gotcha. stuff like that there's definitely been other like not safe for work kink stuff but it's just that first mm -hmm. one of those things where i think people are not necessarily like i mean some people will just put it down on their table and be like look at my coffee book you know my coffee table book but <laughs> You know, some people definitely won't. So I that was just one yeah. it was one of those things where I thought about it and I was like, let's let's play it safe for now. Yeah, and then you have some uh, like you have the slight worry of like uh certain artists who make like stickers uh, mm -hmm. and they're like much more explicit stickers mm -hmm. and they just uh, people buy them and just stick them everywhere and then the artist gets surprised when people have backlash about that being on like a bus stop. I mean, I I think that I agree, but I think that also, like, the artist handing out stickers, you know, it the onus is on you, the buyer, to be responsible yes. with the yes. sticker. Yes, you know, I agree. If you, if you stick it somewhere in a public place and, you know, then that that's you. That's on you, dude. You know, that's not on the artist, you know, having you purchase the product. Because, like, you know, I buy stickers and I'm like, I don't even put them up in my house. Because I don't even know where to put them. Because I'm always like, what if I want them back? What if I want a second copy? Yes. You know? Yes. What if I need to take it back that, down again? Like, I've, I've bought stickers before. Like, uh, I have this Unis Honest sticker that has never left its, like, little uh, stick paper, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm afraid that if I stick it to something, I'm going to have to take it down and then it won't stick later. Uh, there's actually, uh, while we were at uh, Anthrocon, a person came by. And they actually had a sticker book. Um, it had special paper in it that you could actually unstick the stickers and restick them on the paper as often as you wanted to. So mm. maybe look into getting a sticker book because that's what they did was they they basically stored the stickers in a book so that they could look at them as like art pieces. I thought that was really clever. I was like, I have never heard of a sticker book before, but I guess you know, hey. Uh, I mean, whatever works for you collecting collecting your own uh, stickers. Yes. Um, which you could create like kind of a, a history book out of that, like early, uh, old stickers versus newer stickers. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could do whatever you want. All right. So I guess talking about general work that you've done and such, mm -hmm. how would you compare the work that you do now to what you did in the past? Do you have like any kind of favorite stuff you've done? Any interesting moments you've had um i mean i think that my previous work like my work when i was first starting out was definitely kind of all over the place because i was basically just taking commissions as people wanted them and it wasn't so much like i did a lot of fat for content but i also did other stuff because people were like oh you're an artist you you're alive you have a pulse here this is this is what i want you to draw so, like, I was doing, oh man, I've done, like, a candle wax, like, not torture, but, like, candle wax, like, foreplay picture when I was first starting out. 
um i used to do like big big uh tail holes all the time mm-hmm. like that was for some reason i just got pegged for that for a while which was fine um like i was i was a lot more kind of all over the board and just doing different stuff and mm-hmm. i think as i grew into the community i definitely carved out a niche in terms of what people come to me for so people come to me for the the more realistic uh weight gain the more realistic you know cellulite cellulite stretch marks things like that uh people come to me for slob um people come to me now for um i've gotten back into it um i had a bad experience uh with someone uh like subtweeting me on the internet uh for doing um for doing like bariatric and health play uh but there's always those (laughs) oh yeah and i deleted i deleted all of my like bariatric and health play stuff um for a while the subtweeting thing is a debate like i understand it for certain things Mm -hmm. like you don't want you don't want people to find their content Mm-hmm. that you're like subtweeting about but also at the same time there's like some instances where i'm like why don't you just tag them yeah no it was definitely it was also someone who i was like was in mutuals with so i was just kind of like what the fuck and i mean i think it I, I i don't talk to that person i don't actually even remember that person's handle anymore um mm-hmm. but i think that they they definitely were one of those like 19 20 year old people who literally found fault in everybody and had very puritanical sort of uh vibe to them so i'm kind of glad that like they're no longer really in my circle um but yeah everybody it's everybody else's fault but you kind of mindset yep so like i basically was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna draw this kind of stuff again like i slowly have started like getting back into it (laughs) uh just in terms of like you know posting content for it and and taking commissions for it um so like yeah (laughs) drawing it more out of spite is just a power move i don't even know if i would say it was out of spite i was just like so many people asked me like hey do you still do this you know i have your stuff saved it looks like that stuff has been deleted it looks like it's gone now you know what happened and i was just like you know i mean i'm tired of doing or not doing something based on someone else's opinion i'm just gonna do it yeah. i'm gonna have fun and i'm gonna enjoy it because it's something i like yeah. so and it's also like the specific kind of content you mentioned while i'm not personally into health play stuff mm-hmm. i understand that like you'll have people like criticizing you about it but it's just like yeah maybe i might be like drawing stuff that's slightly sexualizing it but all these people who relate to that content like it. All these people who are close to that size, maybe bigger, maybe smaller, they like that content. That's why I'm making it. You know, there's always something to be said. Like, I think that's always, for this for that kind of stuff, I think it's always valid to have criticisms about it. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the nature of what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, if someone is made uncomfortable by it, that's valid. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. a valid criticism. Like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. And yes, I would completely understand that, you know, coming from that. And that's why I've been so careful about it is because I don't want to make mm-hmm. anybody uncomfortable. But, you know, yeah. after a certain point, it's like as long as you tag it with like, hey, CW, you know, content warning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I try to like make it so that if people don't want to see it, they don't have to. Yeah, that's why I like certain sites that give you like blacklists, mm-hmm. which to this day, I'm still surprised that Fur Affinity does not have a blacklist. I mean, their code is 
garbage. So, you know, they, they haven't, they haven't uh, really uh, optimized their site in decades. Looks yeah, maybe, maybe I should have held my toggle that one. <laughs> nah, you're fine. It's okay to criticize uh, for affinity. Cause like, honestly, it's like, man, fix your code, give people like basic, basic uh amenities on your site so that people can use it more safely it's like it's, it's not it i'm not gonna say it's not hard because like i don't do coding i don't do website building mm -hmm. so like i don't know how hard it actually is but from from what i've heard from people who do do that kind of stuff it is a relatively easy thing to implement and it's just one of those mm -hmm. things where it's like they probably haven't implemented it because it would break the site again <laughs> it's like you you could have given us better ways to navigate this website but you gave us shinies? Yeah, which I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with these? Like, I, I, I don't know how to work. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to use these. <laughs> okay, then. But uh, speaking of kind of just general community, mm -hmm. um, what would you say your thoughts are about the fat fur community? Both like in the past, in present, possible futures. Do you think things have gotten better over time? Do you think things have gotten worse? What are your kind of thoughts about the community? I think it's definitely gotten better. Um, I think that as people kind of learn that the internet is for self-discovery, I think that's super important. Um, and I think that, you know, so many people have used the internet and used these kind of like small, well, I mean, Fatfur is not really a small community anymore, but <laughs> use these communities as kind of a jumping point for their own personal journeys and their own personal self-discovery. And I think that's super, super important because... I mean, you know, there there are kids out there who are like, you know, am I queer? Am I trans? You know, and and seeing these communities and taking part in these communities and having everybody in these communities or a lot of people, not everybody, be trans or be queer and encourage you to, you know, just be yourself and be comfortable and it making it a space where you can be yourself. I think that's mm -hmm. super important. And I think that that can't be separated from the fat for community at this point. I think that the the two have intrinsic value. Um, but, you know, I think that when it first started out, it was very much like, uh, uh, it felt like to me, I don't know if it was, but as someone who identifies as female, I saw a lot of like straight dudes or like gay cis dudes. Kind yeah, of it's an absolute sausage it. fest. It's an absolute yes. sausage fest. Yes, it's been an absolute sausage fest for decades. And uh, not to say that there weren't like queer people like working back then, because I know there are, because I know some of them. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it was definitely perceived as a sausage fest. And it was definitely like, felt like it was being run by, you know, dudes, you know, cis yeah. dudes. That, and, that is still a thing I've noticed is it's very hard to find people who are, I, I guess, not just straight male or not just gay. I mean, I've found, you know, that it's actually fairly easy just because I'm not a straight dude. So like, well, that I think, could be that could be a part of it. Yeah, I think like begets like. And I think that people make their own communities and kind of gather together. Like, you know, all my friends are queer. You know, all my friends mm -hmm. are are some form of of pride, you know, and mm -hmm. and I think that people people gather with each other to find each other in that kind of in that kind of circumstance because it's like you know it's especially with the you know current political climate in like the United States and stuff it's like it's safer to be in groups, you know. Yes. So I think that it's 
it's one of those things where we're going to continue to see uh the furry community and the fat fur community queer up as it were and like that's not a bad thing at all because yeah especially the fat fur community was when it first started when i first got into it, it was a sausage fest and everybody misgendered mm-hmm. me and it was really funny because like yeah. everyone thought i was a dude mm-hmm. and i was like you know the assumption that i'm a guy because like i'm into this kind of stuff it was just kind of funny but it got old really fast <laughs> so mm-hmm. i'm glad that things are becoming more diverse and i'm glad that you know queer people trans people uh people of color you know because like people of color have always been kind of uh second class citizens unfortunately in furry spaces a lot and mm-hmm. i'm really happy to see like that there's like you know there's uh people of color making making fursuits now there's you know like its own like there's like a a black community within the furry community mm-hmm. and you know that's like soup i think that's super important also like you know finding yeah. your people finding your tribe as it were yeah. within the community whereas before it was just a sausage fest yeah and uh the thing about the black uh, community i've actually started seeing more and more furries incorporate uh black hairstyles um mm-hmm. like uh nor or noir i'm not sure how they pronounce their name it's n-o-i-r uh they're a black artist oh, yeah, nor, who but... does yeah, I I love their art. <laughs> I got the conversation. Yeah, Norbut. Yeah, about, Norbut like, is partners with um Hot Pink Wolf. Yeah, uh, Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, yeah, Valentine. Yeah, but yeah, uh, no, yeah. I love seeing that kind of stuff. Like, I love seeing people like running around. Like, as long as they're not like, it, it gets kind of awkward if someone's like fursuiting and they have like dreads and they take off their suit and they're like white. I'm like, uh, put that back on. <laughs> they, they, I want to see look that. Like they're they look like they're from. <laughs> they just came from like chess club. I know. I'm just like no, 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 no. Like you know, seeing seeing like black people especially show their colors and show their pride for being black, and you know, having like okay, I'm gonna put dreads on my on my fursona and my fursuit because that's what I look like, you know. Yeah. And it's like that's I, that's so cool to see. Whereas like yes. maybe even like a decade ago, that didn't happen. Yeah, it, furry is all about expression, and the fact that these people feel comfortable enough to express themselves the way that they feel most like connected with is amazing yeah Yeah. i mean we still have a long way to go uh you know definitely i think that conventions uh should be should be looking to uh hire more uh poc people Mm -hmm. um onto their uh onto their like boards and into their staff because i think that's important um Mm -hmm. because i think that conventions are still very much uh a, a white people affair Mm-hmm. um and i and i think I, it's true though if you go to a convention yeah. it's overwhelmingly like white people and yeah well i think that i, I would i would agree with spaces. you hmm? yeah i would agree with you but then also i'm the type of person who's never been to a convention before oh well there you go but yeah you go to conventions and it's just it's very much like white nerds and yes. white white furries and like mm-hmm. i remember i used to do um i used to do anime conventions like i used to vend at them and like black people would get like ostracized and yelled at for being like uh that character's not black and i'm like who fucking cares if you want to be black sailor moon like do it yeah and like they would just be there would be like drama about it i'm like are you serious guys speaking of a sailor moon whenever you like uh said queer up earlier my mind instantly thought of like a bunch of queer people together in a group they like pump their fist in the air and yell queer up and then just like a power ranger or sailor moon transformation happens i don't know why that was just hilarious 
and then they just turned into uh, a giant personas. A giant mecha. Yes, <laughs> it has like a like a bow on it. It has like a lanyard. Good. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I think it's, I think this is like all like super important conversations to have, and if people oh, totally. aren't having them, why not? Why aren't you having them? Yeah. You know, make spaces accessible for everybody, except for Nazis and fascists. Fuck those guys, mm-hmm. punch them, exclude them uh, viciously from your communities. Nobody wants them. I, I've, uh, that that's part of why I'm making this podcast. To mm-hmm. specifically get people who have been around this and see a lot of different perspectives and allow them to voice, um, you know, their history. Because if we cannot recover these past, uh, like, art pieces and websites, the most we can do is to allow these people who have been here the longest voice what uh, what is, like, history itself to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important because it's also one of those things where you don't, see the internet is so they're doing such a poor job just people in general of preserving things i mean you look at like Mm -hmm. internet archives and things like that who are striving to preserve the old things on the internet and especially people who are attempting to preserve like old video games you know that even like the companies like nintendo are like don't do that you know i'm gonna do a cease and desist so that you stop uh making Mm -hmm. rom hacks of this game that we will never republish again and haven't thought about in 20 years but stop that because it's our intellectual property you know (laughs) cease and desist by fetish art my fetish art uh program that's that's uh megalo uh or what's it called Uh, (laughs) megalo fart what no, 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 not Megalofart. Uh, Metroidvania, <laughs> like a Metroidvania oh. style, like scrolling, but like cease and desist because it's my intellectual property. But uh, yeah, it, it people don't realize how much history is in uh, furry space. You know, yeah. looking at like the you, there's a there's a Twitter that does like old furry pictures, like from cons mm. and stuff. I, I cannot for the life of me remember the actual handle but they they post like old like actual like traditional photos of Mm. furries at cons you know back in like the early 2000s and then the 90s and it's just it's so fascinating because this stuff is otherwise if it wasn't for that one person trying to dig it up it's lost it's gone yes yes um i feel like there was something on my mind but it's probably not important so i guess with all this being said considering mm-hmm. we talked about about a bit about the good and bad of the community do you have any like general advice for others within or outside of the community that you think just is worth mentioning to them um i mean take it for a grain of salt i mean i'm just a person on the internet but you know be accepting of the people around you like i said unless they're nazis or fascists then don't but uh you know be accepting, be open to new experiences, you know, be open to other people's experiences because your experiences are not universal. Um, and I think just be kind, you know, there's so many people on the internet now who are mean just to be mean to other people, people they don't know. And I think it's just, it's, it's such a weird and awful way to kind of go about your life. So just be kind, mm-hmm. like when you're able to, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. Be nice to people on the internet, you know? Like like I said, unless they're Nazis, be nice. 
that got you. And I got reminded now of what I was going to say. Mm. Um, my, my sympathy to people goes as far into as far as until they start screaming the n-word that's my limits <laughs> oh yeah no i mean i can usually sniff out people who have like far-right uh ideologies pretty easily so i just those are the kind of people that i actively avoid if at all possible and you know will actively condemn if they do something you know i don't want those mm -hmm. people in my community i do not want them anywhere near my content i don't want them buying my merch I would rather lose money than sell uh, art to like a fascist, pretty much. Yeah, I I agree. There, it's just like you got to lose by business. I didn't want your business. Yeah, I didn't want your business to begin with. Go ahead, like you know, go go. And I've had that happen before, where I had someone who ended up being like a far alt right Nazi chud, and like they were like, "Well, I don't hate you," and I'm like, "Yeah, but you hate everyone else who's queer." And I. I'm gonna so. go tell my friend. I'm gonna go tell everyone else they're gonna blacklist you. Good. I didn't want them either. Yeah. Good. I don't want to. I don't want you to commission me, Nazi. Fuck off. All right. Well, uh, as we start closing this and moving into our next segment of this show, any mm -hmm. final thoughts, questions, or otherwise? Um, if you guys wanted to uh, get involved in the Big Beautiful Bodies project, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, we did have a first round of applications but i know that we've had a few people drop out uh we do we do have enough uh artists to kind of go forward but if you're interested and that sounds like something you want to do getting paid for your time and uh getting art put into an art pack that's basically just distributed around the internet if that sounds like something you want to do and you're an artist uh just contact me uh, i'm hard ocean pretty much everywhere for affinity twitter uh discord telegram i'm really easy to find so yeah, if you if just you have yeah, a... if you just find their Twitter, you'll be able to see like their pin post is literally just Haradushan on Furfy. I know, I know. On Tumblr. I know. It's it, when I make business cards, it's the same thing. I'm like, it's really easy, but I made it really easy on purpose so that people could find me on their preferred platform. You you just need to like whatever people whatever people ask you, hey, where can I find you? You just hand them a card that just says the name Haradushan, and just like, but what is that supposed to mean? Look it up anywhere. If you Google it, it, all of my social media accounts come up. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on here. And I'm going to go ahead and move us over now to our next segment of today. Hey there, everyone. I wanted to come to you directly to let you all know that while there is no commission corner this week, if you wish to instead have your commissions promoted on the show, you can contact me via email at lowcoco.hpf at gmail.com, and I should hopefully be able to include some of you in next week's episode. Additionally, if you wish to chat with me and my community, I have a Discord server open known as the Hippo Code. Just go to my Twitter or X profile, loco underscore k underscore o and the link should be in the bio thanks much and let's get back to the show so last episode you guys really seemed to like the part about um me going over people being interested in certain content or how they got uh their kinks or fetishes or whatever how they were inspired by uh fat work content and so I decided to evolve on that a bit. And I asked you all some questions. So there were two particular questions and I got some responses. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my first question that I asked. 
Riddle me this. Who was your first fat for a crush? What character or, or, or OC did you see who just abs you absolutely swooned over? And so I got quite a handful of responses. So, um, first one up is Brian Bear or A.E. Isbayer. I don't know how you pronounce that. Sorry. Brian Bear on Twitter uh, who says, I'm pretty sure I started feeling things for with this guy and it's a cartoon T-Rex who's very big in a city. I feel like I've seen that before, but I just don't know. Let me see if I could pull it up. Cartoon Dinosaur. Cartoon Dinosaur. Uh, it's from the movie We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. It's the T-Rex. Let me see. What character is this? Characters. Uh, okay, let's see here. Rex. Okay, the character Rex from We're Back. Um, the main character is... Oh my god, he's voiced by John Goodman. Alright, then... Oh my god, I love the status here on this freaking fandom page. His status is alive. <laughs> I love this. Alright. Um, let's see. Anything interesting? Uh, this just gives the synopsis of the character. Uh, Rex is an orange Tyrannosaurus Rex with a beige torso and wide muzzle. He's three fingers and... Okay. Alright, well... Uh, there's a comment on this page uh, from someone called Johnny Nyingo, 1995. That's an interesting name. Uh, they they say, my number one favorite character of We're Back, considering that he's a T-Rex, add to the fact that he was voiced by John Goodman, makes him even more iconic and unforgettable. That said, I always thought his feral form looked better than his anthropomorphic form, considering that he looked cooler and more menacing in contrast to his anthropomorphic form, but that's just me. Interesting. Alright, so the next person who gives their uh, first fat for a crush, um, Bro Paletta, or Glenn Dolphman's husband, on Twitter said, Drago Mike's fursona. I asked them to show, and they gave me a fur affinity link. Um, Drago Mike seems to be a person who's been around on fur affinity since late 2005, basically more just into starting of 2006. And it's a pretty interesting character. Uh, it's a green dragon with, like, bunny ears. Very fat. Like, extremely fat. And this person seems to be a combination of fat and inflation. More macro style. Uh, very cuddly. All sorts of content here is very cuddly. And they seem to take pretty heavy inspiration from, like, Old Disney and Don Bluth stuff. So, ooh, this one piece they got from eight months ago, or one post they made about eight months ago, Wishful Night, very beautiful. Actually, very reminiscent of kind of old Don Bluth stuff. This is this is a very comfy creator. Oh my gosh, I love their content. Highly recommend going to check out uh, Drago Mike on Fur Affinity. I will add them to my watch list. I love their content. That's interesting. All right, so next person, uh, Rabbit Hole or Swissgar, Swissigar on Twitter says, not necessarily furry, but the Mimic of Doom did a lot for me. Awaiting, awakening 
for, uh, for transformation, weight gain, identity play, and more. Forgot about him for a good long while, was reminded of him, and the rest is history. And there's a couple drawings there. But uh, that's interesting. Never heard of the Mimic of Doom, but I have... It's a slightly familiar design. I'll have to see here. Mimic of Doom. Let's see here. That brings up Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, it seems to be a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Interesting there. Yeah, they're a bit of... <laughs> a bit fat. Alright then. That's an interesting character. I thought they were like... Based on how this was drawn, this one particular image, I thought they were like a, more of a different cartoon villain. Alright. Uh, next person. Just some guy, 258, says, As much as I hate to admit it, it was Clawhauser from Zootopia. <laughs> I just replied on that post because I saw that comment and said, I take no shame in admitting I do some things to that cheetah. <laughs> and I still hold that today. <laughs> Uh, next person, Bloxtopian. How are you going to say no to that face? And they give a image of Lewis from Princess and the Frog. It's a big, fat gator who is very cute, very cuddly, and plays a trumpet. Uh, Lewis, Prince, Lewis, Princess and the Frog. There we go. Yeah, it's a very cute gator. And he has a ambidextrous, is it ambidextrous or whatever, movable tail. Uh, they can move their tail. Whatever you, whatever the word's called. Um, Mo the King, the next person, says uh, the first few and just gives two images of a fat green sumo bunny that is low quality and fat Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. All right, then. Uh, I do not recognize that bunny. So if that's not a bunny, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> next person, 96 Wolf Kiwami. Or Wolfblaze96 also says Benjamin Clawhauser from Zootopia. Uh, yeah, very cute character. Like I said, there was there'd be some things I do to that character, such as cuddle them. Um, why is I just noticed on Twitter there's two things trending: uh, end of the first and end of the third. All right then. Uh, next person, that ravenous fox, uh, this cutie, and they give a gif of Templeton. Uh, I'm a sucker for when the character's main personality trait is gluttony and a feverish desire to just get fat. Interesting. I have never properly seen the movie where that character comes from. I think it... Is it Charlotte's Web? I don't know. Uh, but I will have to look into that character a bit. Um, next person. Deathgaze Bun. Or Deathgaze underscore Bun says, Shukaku is on place two of my favorite Naruto characters and my favorite Bijou, Baiju. Uh, and it gives a gift from Naruto where the big character engulfs air and then shoots it out by smacking their stomach. Interesting. It's also a very low quality gif. Uh, next person, Chubby4447693131 says, Tiger from American Tail. I'll have to look that up. Tiger American Tail. Ah, it's a chubby orange cat, and they seem to only wear a shirt and nothing else. Also, those eyes are very strange. Why are there... Why is there, like, a bunch of black around their eyes? Strange. But they, I could 
get a vibe read on them from just individual screenshots. This is a very... I can imagine people would probably want to cuddle that character. That's interesting. Next person is Jet Panda Burr, who says, Hmm, I'm going to have to say Blue the Bear with the bear necessities is just so wonderfully chill and I love his energy. That's pretty good. Yeah, I I know a lot of people found that character pretty uh, pretty nice, pretty cuddly, and I, I completely understand that. It, bears tend to be pretty, uh, pretty well made when it comes to cartoons, so... Yeah, I'd probably... I'd cuddle. Uh, next person, the Big Red Derg, and also Hungry Gonzado. Two different people, back-to-back, -back, say King K. Rule. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, then again, I was never really into Donkey Kong. So, hey, maybe I'm missing out on something that's interesting about them. But uh, a lot of people really like the character. Uh, they uh, Big Red Derg also says uh, Bowser. So, that that's a... Yeah, that, that's a character I don't think we need to say much about. Uh, if you've ever played uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's, Bowser's Inside Story, yeah, that that probably unlocks some things for you. Um, next person, Bloated Burb. What? Okay, my phone keeps vibrating. I am sorry if you keep hearing that. Next person, Bloated Burb says, These two gluttons live rent-free in my head. Such insatiable appetites, and we love, uh, we love them for it. One of them is Yoshi from one of the Mario cartoons? I don't know if it's Mario World, Mario 3, I don't know, but uh, Mar uh, Yoshi's very round. And then uh, the other one is that one cat from Looney Tunes, the black and white one, uh, Sylvester, uh, just showing him fat. Interesting. Uh, all right, let's see. And the last one on Twitter, uh, the bits and paws says... Has to be Zul, that fat fursuiter, saw them on Pinterest and fell in love with them uh, at Zulansi. Yeah, I, I follow them. They have really good, uh, really, I love their fursuit. It's very interesting. I'm also kind of confused about the them having two different fursuits heads. Don't exactly know why they have two different fursuit heads, but then again, maybe you're just, maybe it's a different vibe depending on the day. Uh, oh, they got a VR chat avatar interesting Zalansi on twitter i don't know where else but yeah they they're a creator i've seen around for quite a while they oh they've been on twitter since 2013 maybe they've been on other places like for affinity for longer anyways the other uh set came from wobble.xyz same question and First person up, Kingo Red, uh, King of Red Lines says, I think Harold from Extracurricular Activities was my first fat fur crush. I, re I already knew I liked fat fur stuff, but he just grabbed me by the shoulders and reprogrammed my brain. <laughs> uh, I had replied to him and said, I had yet, I've yet to properly jump into that game. Every time I say I'm going to, I never get far. Um, he replied with, it's definitely worth your time. All the routes I've played felt very fulfilling. And... Yendori replies to that by saying, uh, I always change the answer each time I answer it, but I think Dingo Dial has probably been one of my favorite crushes, mostly because I grew up playing Crash 1 to 3, including Crash Team Racing and Crash Batch, uh, which the latter two incidentally helped push Dingo Dial into becoming canonically overweight due to having the heavy class in both games. So honestly, he's probably my favorite. 
Also, it doesn't help that most of, uh, most, almost all of my personas were basically copies of him, most being dragons, but with mammalian parts such as soft, smooth belly as opposed to scales and plates. Interesting. I've, I've grown on to enjoying a bit of Dingo Dial every now and then. He's not my first go-to, but when I'm in the mood, I enjoy what I see from him. So that's the first main question I asked you all was, uh, fat for crushes. But I had a second question to start asking you and that would be what is your fat fur hot takes now we didn't get too many replies for this one but still thought it'd be interesting to add so first one from eel boyo on twitter said gaining is just bondage play with extra steps Ooh, that's a bit spicy um don't exactly know if I entirely agree or disagree. Because I see some people just like getting bigger for the power of it. But some people also like getting bigger for the restriction. So I can kind of see it. But I don't think I can entirely agree. Because I think some people just like the concept of getting big. And some people like getting big just because it makes them feel uh, comfortable. And also that they can be powerful or people. So, hey, that's a 50-50 on that one. Next one uh, on Twitter, Greg13771325 says, As a fat fur artist, don't be surprised if someone commissioning you wants it bigger. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yeah, I know some people will be like, yeah, bigger, bigger. Honestly, I think it's... that. The, I think the issue is not saying bigger. I think the issue is you're not communicating proper size like i think what you need to do if you're going to try to commission someone and say you want a certain size you gotta try to give them a frame of reference like even if you're just finding someone else's art i think it's very flattering if people use art that i've commissioned as a frame of reference so um like reference picks and stuff for size so yeah i would totally say um using size references is a good way to help mitigate the confusion because i don't think artists are confused that you're saying make it bigger i think they're annoyed that you're not communicating how big you want it and it's just like it's constantly reworking it through uh anyways darkest wolf 0405 on twitter says people are into a health play and uh weight gain are into it for the same reason people like roller coasters Hmm, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a hot take, but I don't have much to comment on that because I'm not personally into health play. But then again, I'm not also into, I'm also not into roller coasters. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think there's something to discuss about that? Do you think it's the same? Do you think that uh, there's something different about it? I also have some people who quote tweeted here. Um, Brian Bear again uh, with a longer response uh which i had ended up replying to uh brian bear says i want to think that this isn't a uh that of a hot uh, isn't that hot of a take that it's quietly uh quite widely agreed upon but anyways there is no irl body shape or composition requirement to own a fat oc uh, quote-unquote gatekeeping fat for ocs to be uh to to being only usable by irl larger folks is toxic alienating and not body positive 
Uh, along the same lines, there are people who like to roleplay weight gain and other kinks similar to that who are also wanting to lose weight or otherwise go in a different direction with their bodies IRL. And those folks are completely valid. Um, I followed Brian Bear for quite a while and they are quite a large individual. I love the their pictures and I've talked with them. So they're a very nice individual. And I had to I had to agree. I said, you're speaking straight facts. Expression through fat characters is a thing everyone should be allowed to do. And I think so long as you're not glorifying um, and treating uh, fat people like a sex object or fetish point, like as long as you're understanding that it's a fantasy and being respectful to other people um, and not only treat not treating fat people as just a sex object and that they're nothing more than a sex object. If you're not doing that, I don't see an issue with uh, representing your thoughts, ideas, and sexual fantasies through fat characters. Um, anyways, we move back over to Wobble. Um, someone's hot take, uh, Mr. Cakes, is I like them. <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot take, but all right, then. Um... Whiskers says, food representation in fat fur picks needs diversity ASAP. I kind of agree. I've never really seen many people... Like, when you get a lot of food in artwork or whatever, it tends to be quite a diverse thing, uh, quite a diverse spread. But I understand what you mean where there's typical go-tos of fast food, party food, etc. There's no real thought for a lot of people for diversity um so who knows there might need to be a bit of diversity in the food types chosen um and last person here shrekut says immobility immobility doesn't sound that fun being able to but being too lazy to bother is much more fun i kind of agree i understand that people enjoy the immobility because of certain reasons that like i guess tying bats is someone else that said it's a <laughs> it's uh bondage with extra steps i personally am not a big fan of immobility but i do like kind of uh peeking right into close to immobility i guess that's pretty good um i like when they're very close on the the cusp of immobility but not quite there yet so they can still move they can still do some stuff but it's a struggle i like that stuff um but yeah that's all the questions uh and i guess answers i had from you all today and with that i want to wrap it up with a quick um not so much a review just a more recommendation of something i've played recently so i've played through a visual novel recently um called worshipers of the gain it was a fun little visual novel um where you in first person basically are traveling to a small town that is mostly food culture based and you interact with uh, a variety of different characters who either um find you interesting because of just you gaining weight because that's a big mechanic of this and i'll get into that in a second or uh, other things you interact with them. Maybe you are making them bigger. Uh, I played the demo of Worshippers of the Game. Uh, Gain. It was very fun, very uh, inter interesting. I think the demo has over 167,000 words. I wasn't keeping track, but I think that's what the itch.io page said. But regardless, um, very fun experience. 
I got up on my first first run of the game. I think I got about 25 days in. Um, I got around th over th 3,500 pounds. And I, um, I think I got the Monument Bad ending because I pissed off the taxi driver by accidentally being too heavy and destroying his trailer. <laughs> so... I would say there's only like two characters I don't really like, but they're much further in the game. But uh, the characters I really did like were um, there's a dog and the receptionist Simon. I really liked uh, how he evolved. The bigger you got, the more attentive he was to you. Um, I highly recommend it if you like the fantasy of getting bigger and interacting at bigger sizes, the struggle that comes with it. Like we talked about uh, the struggle that comes with being bigger sized eventually it's you might become close to a mobility um there's more mechanics that come from that the larger size you get the more difficult it becomes the, uh there's certain mechanics that become relevant like bigger appetite having to change out clothes etc for a visual novel that's first person it is very detailed and very enjoyable I highly recommend it if you like kind of a slice of life story that is dictated on you interacting with other people. Because there's a lot of fun events you get to pull out. Whether it be uh, massages or having people to get smothered by or smothering. Uh, all around very good content. But uh, I'd say... With that, we come to a close for today's episode. If you'd like to keep up to date with any future podcast episodes, you can check us out over at soundcloud.com slash loco-k-o. Or if you have any questions or just want to contact us, you can shoot me an email at lococo.hpf at gmail.com. With all that said, thank you for coming, and I hope you have a fat and happy day. Till next time.